You're listening to The Big Show with Patrick Dumas on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Big Show Hour 4 continues here live from the Doug Lacey Basement Systems downtown studio. Worried about radon? We install custom mitigation systems to reduce your risk. To find out more, visit dlbasementsystems.com for a free estimate. Uh, yeah, uh, trade we think is happening in the NHL. Pierre Lebrun reporting that Sean Monahan seems like he's on his way to the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, do not know the return to the Habs as of yet, but uh, keep it locked here. Maybe we'll get to you that full deal before we go away here at uh, 10 o'clock. But, of course, Jeff Merrick will follow us at 10 o'clock, and they'll have everything on the latest uh, trade uh, during All-Star b- Game Week. And uh, we thought this wouldn't happen. It's usually a dead time, but no, Sean Monahan is now a member of the Winnipeg Jets. But tonight... Two games. You got one game tonight, one game tomorrow. The Calgary Roughnecks down at the Dome uh, playing two. They got the New York Riptide tonight and the Toronto Rock tomorrow. And we're joined by the general manager of the Calgary Roughnecks, Mike Board. Mike, thank you so much for taking some time out of your morning. Uh, I know you got a busy day, busy tomorrow as well. Uh, how you doing? I'm doing well. Um, it sounds like those uh, hockey guys are keeping you guys pretty busy. Oh, God. I mean, yesterday was just, uh, I don't think we've ever had a, a bigger show. It was just guest after guest after guest talking the Lindholm thing. And now uh, Sean Monaghan is like, there's not going to be nothing left uh, for March 8th for us. So uh, no, that's usually how it goes. Some of the, this is usually when some of the hockey writers and guys go on holidays. Right? It? Yeah. So well, a lot of them are in Toronto right now for the All-Star break. But then, like, there's a good chunk uh, that are out and, you know, doing their thing on the beach and whatnot. But, yeah, they're getting news uh, it doesn't stop uh let's talk about your group uh the calgary roughnecks uh they're playing two games in two nights a uh, little unusual quirk in the nll schedule but it's it's two big themed games as well that you guys are doing uh first tonight uh against the new york riptide and it's the every child matters game uh just talk about what you guys have planned for this evening oh it, i think it's gonna be great i mean our our game is kind of rooted in indigenous culture and, oh, yeah. and those kind of things. So it's kind of fun for us to be able to do this. And, and uh, you know, we're going to honor some, uh, I'm going to say, residential heroes and, uh, you know, have a ceremonial face-off. We've got uh, some elders coming in to do uh, a little prayer and speak to our players before the game. And um, I think just a lot of sort of celebration of uh, the indigenous culture is really what we want to do. And, and I think uh, – I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, no, that that is great. Obviously, lacrosse uh, its roots deeply into in, into the indigenous cultures here in Canada and and in the around the United States as well. Talk about the experience. If, if somebody who's never gone to a Roughnecks game, like it's it's a party, it's an atmosphere. It's it's probably one of the best in the in the National Lacrosse League. But just uh, from your words, uh, just describe uh, what what people will be expecting tonight uh, tonight or tomorrow, whatever game if they plan on going. Well, I kind of like to say it's like sensory overload, <laughs> so to speak. Um, but the, uh, I mean, there's music playing all the time and there's, you know, halftime shows and bands and, you know, uh, all kinds of different um, activities. Mm-hmm. Like it's, uh, it's not just the game. So there's, uh, you know, lots of, lots of activities going on throughout. And, uh, and while you're here, there's a, uh, there's a, bunch of good athletes out there playing uh playing a fun game yeah yeah, exactly i do want to talk about your group here as well but then tomorrow this is the 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 weird quirk you're playing back to back which is kind of a rarity in the nll you're playing the superhero game against a fellow canadian team in the in the in the toronto rock uh this is always a good atmosphere as well the kids get to dress up anybody can dress up in their favorite superhero but uh just talk about what uh tomorrow night's game might bring 
Yeah, exactly. Uh, lots more fun again. I mean, we have a lot of theme nights throughout, and uh, superhero night is always a, a, a fun night. Uh, you know, Pete the Plumber, and you know, all, he's a, he's in the building, oh, yeah. and he'll probably be dressed a little bit like the Hulk. <laughs> yeah, Blue <anyway>. Hulk, <laughs> Blue Hulk, and uh, you know, we get lots of like, the kids love it. Uh, you know, parents get dressed up, and you know, we just uh, we we just it's it's just another way to have some fun and and. Uh, and uh, have a party kind of thing, right, for everybody. Yeah, exactly. And you've got the 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 the, the, uh, the happy hour before the game. You can starts at five thirty tonight. There'll be uh, you've got some uh, some good uh, bands and playing and whatnot. So, like, just talk talk about what the what the, the the before the game, what fans can expect. Yeah, it's just and there's just lots of activities on the concourse, and you know, there's uh, there'll be you know, costume people wandering around like that that uh, are regular costume people and are very good at it for example like they're they've they've, they've got more than one costume and yeah. anyway they kind of wander around our mascots are up there and um you know things just uh, I, I don't know just uh, a lot of activities that uh, you can get involved in and and like you say there's the happy hour starts early and uh, lots of food and beverage out here and and uh you know just getting your sheets for the game and you know, there'll be some prizes and those kind of things for best costumes and all those kind of things. So uh, very much looking forward to this one. Yeah, I know. Uh, it's going to be really fun. There's nothing uh, else going on in the city. I got Nitro Cross on Sunday, but uh, it's going to be awesome here at the Dome uh, for the Roughnecks tonight against the Riptide tomorrow against the Toronto Rock. Let's talk about your, your club so far uh, through the 2024 season. Uh, you played five ma- five games, uh, two and three. Maybe not, maybe not the start that you uh, as a general manager, would like to see, but you know, I, I see the plus in the goal differential. Uh, you've obviously got the one win uh, here in Calgary. Just, just so far, talk about the team uh, and uh, what uh, the expectations are because it was a good season last year, finishing thirteen and five. Yeah, I think uh, you know we're we're kind of finding our bearings here a mm-hmm. little bit, but uh, we played some really good lacrosse, and you know, we lost a close one in our couple of close ones to start the season and went down, you know, zero and two and. Uh, battled back to two and two, and then had a tough one in in Colorado where we were right there. And you know, it's a, there's a lot of parity in the league we're discovering yeah. this year. That uh, you know, there's not um, you know, a couple teams have some real nice records, but uh, I think there's there's you know maybe a couple of really good teams, and then the rest of us are kind of good teams, and we're going to be battling it out the rest of the way. So these two games are important, and uh, you know, just to keep pace with uh, with what's going on in the league. Exactly. Let's talk about the the league, and I think this is a, a league that you know it's obviously got a, a really a nice TV deal with with TSN and what they've got going on there. And I think this is a league that's that's really growing in in maybe American markets that you didn't maybe expect this game to grow, like Vegas being involved, obviously with with with, with Wayne Gretzky and whatnot. Just from your perspective, how's uh, how's the overall state of the league going uh, with the NLL? Uh, you know what? I think we're still in a growth period, to be okay. you know, to be honest. But uh, you know, there has been you know positive movement in that direction, and um, you know, having 15 teams and uh, spread out pretty much all over North America, and you know, uh, the five teams in Canada, which is great. Um, I think I think you know everything's it's uh, I don't know what you want to call it, but it's it's stabilizing and uh, and taking steps forward, right? So. You know, like you mentioned, TSN and, and things like that, and you know we're still pretty much a ticket-driven oh, yeah. kind of league business-wise. But business-wise, but 
um, you know, things are starting to, to move in the right direction. And, you know, it's, it's kind of a tribute to some of the owners who have, have been patient mm-hmm. to let this growth, you know, start to occur. Right. So, um, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's growing. And I think, you know, uh, do we want to grow it a little bit more? Sure. We'd like to get to, you know, 20 teams sure. or, or something like that, but I think we'll do it, you know, kind of, I think the league will look at it strategically and make sure that everything's stable and we're moving forward in the right direction before you, you know, just jump in and say, Hey, we're going to expand, right. We want to make sure that everybody, all the partners that are currently in the league are, are happy. And, you know, um, we've got a base for, you know, sponsorships league wide and, and, you know, items like that and, you know, different kind of TV deals and mm-hmm. those kind of things. So there's lots of business behind the scenes, but, so, you know, overall, I'd have to, I'd have to say it's, uh, you know, I, I think we're probably pretty bullish on it. No, it's good to see for sure, and and I think it, what you're seeing is like the, the the ones the teams that are in the NHL markets. Like I know I know Toronto eventually had to move out of Toronto, and they're, now they're playing in Hamilton. But I look at Colorado, like they the, the Mammoth do well. Uh, you know, Vancouver does well. You guys obviously do really well. So, like, I know, like, is there much of a relationship with trying to 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 find out homes with 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 NHL teams to help, or is it just like, hey, this is just uh, this team wants box lacrosse, or this city wants box lacrosse? Yeah, I think you're. I think there's a bit of a mixture of both. Okay. Um, you know, there are teams, there are cities that are reaching out saying, hey, we've got, you know, we're we're building a new arena and we'd like a team a team in here and. You know, it might be an NBA team for yeah. like it might be you know a, an NBA city and not an NHL city, but um, so there are you know those kind of inquiries that come forward to the league, and so there's those kind of conversations, and then you know with the connections with the the, the teams around the league uh, at the NHL level, there's always conversations there too, um, and so you know you just never know uh, when the right time is for teams, or you know they want to take a look. Like for example, we're the league's got a game. I think it's uh, later this month in Montreal with um, New York's going to play Toronto okay. in Montreal and, and the Montreal Canadiens are involved in that. Right. So it's, it's, uh, that's another, you know, great step. Do we do, does, do the Canadians end up saying, Hey, we want to put a team in mm-hmm. Montreal. We don't know that yet, but, you know that's uh, that's part of this process. No, it's good to see getting. I know. I think that's like something the NHL did in the in the mid '90s was they'd have two teams go to a random market that they thought, hey, this might be a, a good spot for an expansion team down the line. So that's good that the NHL is uh, trying to get into a, into a market where Quebec is is also a big lacrosse type market as well. Uh, talk to me about Jesse King, the captain. Uh, he's he's been uh, he's roughneck through and through, and he's launching a program goals for gold. Uh, can you talk about uh, a little bit what he's doing there? Yeah, I think. Uh, well, first of all, if you ever meet Jesse, he's he's got time for everybody. Oh, yeah. uh, he's just a great leader, um, and you know uh, um, his uh, family had uh, not long ago had uh, a little bit of a. Um, problem with cancer and mm-hmm. and i think that's sort of something that is close to his heart and uh he wanted to do something he came to us and said hey i'd like to do something and we we're able to pull something together and you know i hope he goes out and gets another 42 this year <laughs> and, and uh and there's lots of money going back to the to the uh kids cancer kind of stuff so uh i think it's great um we, our guys are you know love being part of the community they love being in calgary and, and i think this is you know this is Jesse sort of one, you know, giving back, but it's something that's close to his heart. So, uh, you know, he's passionate about it. 
And, and another thing that the Roughnecks uh, are doing is they're, you guys are involved in the community a ton with, with camps, uh, with various age groups. So I want to share with uh, with us what you guys are doing in the community for trying to grow the game of lacrosse at a youth level. Yeah, there's uh, like our uh, the foundation, which is sort of connected to the Flames Foundation, obviously, yeah. um, is doing a lot of things for... Uh, you know the younger the younger kids, the sort of four to six year olds, to to get them going and you know giving them sticks and those kind of things and running programs that that uh, get them started in the sport and introduce it to them and um, it's been very successful working with the, the minor associations around Calgary that you know they're seeing a you know a boost in registration in that age, which means you know you hopefully they play for a long time and they're you know the, the lacrosse just keeps keeps growing so if we can uh kind of help that feeder system so to speak uh it's uh it's great for everybody great for the game and you know getting uh they you know we get our players involved a little bit in some of these things when they're in town and mm-hmm. they go out and teach the kids and you know um it's it's just it's uh it's fun you know it's something away from the game but you know all these guys are pretty passionate about the the game itself so uh they love to see it grow and and uh and so far, uh, we're getting some results, and, and it's uh, it's fun to be at it. Like the kids, and, and I've been at some of those with the kids, and it's it's a riot because you know they learned uh, they learned some hand-eye coordination, and there's lots of fun and and games and things like that to get them going in it. And uh, it's it's you know the kids start to to pick it up, and you know it's uh, it's just uh, it's another activity for the kids, which is which is great. Yeah. Keep everybody uh, keep everybody moving. Yeah, no, it's so vital. Just keep everybody active, and, and just uh, it's a new sport. It's it's not. I don't say it's a new sport, but it's 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 something different than like okay, it's it's hockey or or whatever basketball. Sorry, it's it's like hey, it's it's, it's indoors. It, it's a Canadian type game, and it's just it's just super fun to see uh, see the kids out there uh, for sure. Uh, where can uh, f- uh, people get tickets uh, for for tonight or tomorrow? Uh, or both. I would, uh, you can go to Ticketmaster or uh, probably come down here to the Dome if you're in and around the area. And, um, you know, there's uh, there's some left. They're selling pretty well for this weekend, which Good. is great. So, uh, you know, come on down and uh, and, and and enjoy a couple of our theme nights and uh, and uh, have some fun. Yeah, I know, Mike. It'll be it'll be super fun. One of the best atmospheres uh, to go to in the city. Uh, Roughnecks and the Riptide tonight for the Ever Child Matters game. And then tomorrow against the Toronto Rock for the superhero game. Thank you so much uh, for taking some time out of your morning and uh, and talking some uh, Calgary Rough next with me, buddy. All right, thanks, man. You uh, get back to that hockey stuff now, eh? <laughs> well, yeah. Well, I got soccer chat in the next half hour, so we'll see. I haven't heard anything on Monahan yet, so we'll see. All right. Well, say, say hello to Tommy for me. <laughs> we'll do. We'll do. <laughs> thanks a lot. Right. Take care. Uh, there you go, Mike Board, uh, Calgary Rough next general manager. It's the Every Child Matters game tonight against the New York Riptide. Uh, and then tomorrow night, the superhero game versus the Toronto Rock. Uh, go to Ticketmaster, like Mike said, and uh, go get tickets. Uh, they're selling fast. It's uh, one of the best atmospheres to go to in the city. Yeah, uh, the breaking news so far uh, this morning is uh, Sean Monahan uh, being traded to the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, still haven't just... Re- Elliot Friedman just tweeted, oh. Sean Monahan going from Montreal to Winnipeg for a first-round pick and a conditional pick. Mm, there you go. That's the latest. Uh, there we go. Um, Does that feel like an overpay, or are you expecting a first for Sean? I mean, it's the it's the price you got to pay for these type of players right now. I yeah. guess like I didn't think, but hey, um, good for Montreal getting the first. 
uh, the conditional pick. I mean, Winnipeg's done a really good job over the last few years of drafting forwards, and they've got higher end forwards in their yeah. in their group and whatnot. It's maybe a little lack on the defensive side of things for guys coming up. But hey, this is the this is the price you got to pay. It's what Vancouver had to give up for for Elias Lindholm is what they want to get to. And we'll see like like Elias Lindholm resigning there or whatnot. But hey, that's uh. That's a price. That is a price. Uh, and, and they needed to do a bit of a counterpunch here now that they they lost uh, the sweepstakes on Elias Lindholm. It, it felt like that Winnipeg was still a, a centerman or an, or even maybe another piece yeah. away from really like because I mean the, the being Jets, the top team in the West. The Jets but. are two, three, and one without uh, without uh, Mark Shifley. They've been outscored fourteen to nine, I believe, Oof. during this time. So they've obviously been showing their wear without Mark Shifley, uh-huh. who should be back. Um, once they get back after the All-Star break. But you right now, you have Vladin Nemeskov as your number one center. Rasmus Kupari is your number two. And then Adam Lowry is your three. Uh, Kupari, he's a fourth-liner. Uh, Nemestikov could probably float on the wing a little bit. I don't know. This is a, it's a move that needed to get done for... for, for the, they needed a center. Yep. Straight up. And this is what you had to pay. Uh, so it really leaves Adam Henrique as your number one center available uh you being our resident uh jets fan i guess would would you have preferred uh henrik or or, or is monahan your guy adam henrik was always my number one pick mm-hmm. uh to try get to winnipeg that price maybe Winnipeg maybe maybe it was just too much right that winnipeg didn't have to part ways with a prospect it sounds like in this is, is which is, is a good, win which is a win because it's it's a good group rucker rucker mcgrordy Chaz lucius brad lambert there's some guys in there that will be contributors to the Jets sooner rather than later. Um, but yeah, first-round pick and a conditional. If probably, maybe it probably depends on when Winnipeg goes to the Western Conference Final, this fourth becomes a third type right. thing. So uh, a lot of conditions, but good for the Montreal Canadiens. Like, getting a, the first originally in the salary dump to mm-hmm. take on Monaghan. Right. And now you get a first for trading Monaghan for a guy who's rebuilt his career this year. Yeah, honestly, Come, it's more like good for Sean Monaghan. Good for, yeah. More, good more for than Sean. anything else, yeah, right? Yeah, good that yeah. Sean Monaghan has been put in a position that he's been traded to a contender. Yep. And he can go fight for, for some playoff wins. And then, hell, good work for Jeff Gordon and, and what the what the Habs been doing uh, as they try and replenish uh, and go about their rebuild. They're not too far away. I don't think still still a couple of years, but you know I, I think they're on the right track, and I, I I do like the the guy they have behind the bench there, Martin Saint Louis. Yeah, no, uh, the co- the coach for sure is the right one, and uh, they got some good guys coming up in the system, defensemen as well, Lane Hudson, uh, and we see with, uh, with Slavkovsky, who's been taking uh, some steps forward over the last month or two. It's good, good move from the from the Canadians, and uh, let's see. I'm excited to see what Sean Monahan in, in some. He's only played for Canadian teams. It's an exciting time for uh, Canadian hockey. It is. It is. It is. You got three teams in the West that are killing it. Yep. I mean, the Toronto Maple Leafs, like they'll they'll be around. They'll right. be a party. See if they can catch fire because they have enough offensive firepower to they do so. They got the so, offense but to do it. I don't know. Uh, we'll park the hockey conversation, but there you go. Sean Monahan to the Winnipeg Jets for a first and a conditional pick. Do not know the conditions on that second pick. Around the corner, Alexander Gagne Ruzik. Uh, web editor at One Soccer does some uh, podcast work for the Third Sub and Northern Football Podcast. Uh, just a couple weeks away here from the Champions Cup, uh, Calvary will be playing Orlando City. Right now, there's no way to watch the game. Oh, what? There's no way to watch the game on TV because oh. of the whole. We'll get into it. Mm. Uh, we'll get into it with Alexander because um, my interest. His his network that he works for, One Soccer, mm-hmm. they don't have anybody to pick up their games that they want to oh. broadcast right now because of the whole media pro thing. Uh, and media pro not paying 
It's a lot. We'll get into that with uh, with Alexander next as uh, Big Show Hour 4 continues here on Sportsnet 960 The Pen. Welcome back. Big Show Hour 4. Uh, before we uh, hit uh, our conversation with Alex here, uh, some news. Sean Monahan going from the Montreal Canadiens to the Winnipeg Jets for first rounder and a conditional pick as well. It's expected later today that the NHL will announce the return of Best on Best Hockey, the Four Nations Tournament, officially for next year. 2025, and then the big one. We're going back to the Olympics, GVP. Yes! 2026. Uh, it's, ex- it's expected that the NHL will announce that the players will return to the Last Olympics. Last time NHLers was 14 in Sochi, yep. right? Yeah. It's been be, too long. It'll Way be... Way too long. Quick math. 12 years. 12 years, yep. In between. Uh, best on best at the Olympics. So uh, good work, NHL and the NHL PA. Okay. Uh, we'll pick up the soccer chat here. With Alexander Gagne Ruzik, uh, web editor at One Soccer, also does some work for the Third Sub Podcast and the Northern Football Podcast. Alex, thank you so much for taking some time out of your morning and uh, chatting some uh, some Canadian footy with me. How you doing? I'm doing good. Thanks for uh, having me on. Always a pleasure to chat. Oh, no problem, no problem. Uh, we're just a couple weeks out from uh, the Concacaf Champions Cup uh, kicking off, and as of right now, it uh, doesn't look like fans will be like be able to watch these games, at least on TV. You work for the network uh, that was set to broadcast these games, and on top of already uh, a disappointed Cavalry FC fan group uh, supporters that won't get to watch their club here in Calgary, and now they have to find a way to Victoria, they're kind of hooped. Can you kind of give us a, a quick rundown on what went down between One Soccer and Media Pro, and uh, maybe what are some of the next steps on trying to broadcast uh, the CPL and, and and the national teams to people. Yeah, for sure. Obviously, it's a tough situation with, you know, the media pro and uh, the, the investment in, in the broadcasting side and everything. But, uh, you know, right at the moment, there has been uh, a disagreement between them and CSB, one that will be um, settled in the court. So because of that, it appears the agreements to broadcast certain properties are off the table. For what it's worth, um, CONCACAF does appear to be in a gray zone because it okay. looks like one soccer will be um, now broadcasting the CONCACAF under 17 women's championships. Mm. Um, so it shows that, you know, in terms of CONCACAF properties, um, it's still up in the air just so this main dispute will, will, will likely affect CPL just because Media Pro produces it, whereas CONCACAF is uh, produced by different parties. Okay. So for what it's worth, CONCACAF shouldn't be. Uh, like if if there is something up in the air, either one soccer might still end up picking up the tournament, or at the very least, Concacaf. Uh, if there are no right deals in any country, they will stream on YouTube. So at the very least, it might end up being something where you can access the games uh, on YouTube. Because uh, I know, for example, in other countries where there are no rights, uh, people will find a way to to go on <laughs> YouTube yeah. in those countries. So there there might be that option, which. Hey, at the end of the day, at least it, it, it's something because those those games will be produced, and then Cavalry can those Cavalry fans can <laughs> see them take on Orlando in a few weeks' time. Uh, now we're still we're still a good chunk away. Uh, it's still two months and some change away from the actual CPL season opening up. Now I, I saw maybe maybe saw on Twitter. I don't know if it's anything official, but is there a chance that? There are negotiations with CSB and maybe working out with, with Sportsnet or TSN or something like that to, to potentially get the CPL on airways for this year. Because we know it is such a, it's still a gate-driven league and it, it's entering its sixth year. It went through a pandemic. So essentially it's had, it's had a year and a half uh, where it didn't do anything. And like, 
is this how big of a, a deal is this for, for the CPL that it, it, right now it's not going to be able to be seen? Yeah, it's huge because maybe it might not have a huge effect in local markets where fans are able to go watch their mm-hmm. teams relatively regularly. That's a huge part for a growing league. But uh, the nice part of having a huge broadcast deal that has effects across the country, you know, just in terms of grabbing interest, knowing that, oh, you can watch, uh, you know, local Canadian soccer on TV. But I also have had uh, a push-on effect in other regards. For example, I know one big one is transfers because yeah. uh, with the deal that, that, that was there, you're able to access the league in every country. That's huge for scouts across the world because you don't have to jet all the way from, you know, wherever you are, say in Europe or South America or wherever, all the way out to Vancouver Island to, to watch players. No, it's all accessible through streaming service. It's great for those clubs who are wanting to buy players. So I think that had a, that was a big reason why some of these players were getting sold on uh, early just because the teams were able to access the, this footage. We've seen that with Calgary yeah. moving on a few players like Victor Latoury, uh, et cetera, over to, to, to Europe, Arabin Peppel. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and, of course, guys within MLS will be paying attention to CPL because it's a great uh, place to, to poach talent. So I think that will be the, the big uh, effect of wanting a streaming deal just because globally it's huge for, for little purposes like scouting, selling on players, of course, just building global recognition. So I think that'll be something that, 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 that will want to be sorted out by the CPL. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've made a lot of huge signings across the board this year. This uh, you know, is on pace to be one of the best years yet on the field. It would be you know, a huge waste if that's not shown in front of people. Yeah. Uh, so I think the big thing will just be ensuring production is taken care of because I think there are people out there that should everything fall apart, they'll want to come in and step in and broadcast the league. But the big question is media pros involvement is uh, they also did a lot of work producing a game, which is, which is, you know, tough because that takes a lot of financial investment to get the truck, get the people yes. who film the games, produce it. So that, that will be the big hurdle is ensuring that still happens. Should everything completely fall apart? Uh, because that's where a media pro was putting in a big investment was to, to make sure those games were accessible for anyone to, to pick up a feed, which, you know, of course was, was one soccer, but say that's not there. The, you, you still need a broadcast exactly. to be able to have a feed. Exactly. You need the trucks, you need the, the production crew, the camera guys, because it, it is a whole lot of work just to, to put just, uh, just these games on TV. Uh, you mentioned it is a, it's been a big off season for the CPL entering year six forge coming off another league title Cavs win the supporter shield, but uh, they're still waiting to win that final game. Uh, and then fans of, in York of York United should be excited with their new owners. Uh, still like a couple, like I said a couple months out from the, from the new year, but uh, what are some clubs and, and players that, that you've been had your eye on that uh, could be uh, impressive this year? Yeah. I mean, there's, there's a few across the board. I've really impressed me. I think, you start, you know, local cavalry have made some huge signings out of their champions cup run, which, you know, that's a, that's a huge deal. That tournament, uh, you know, it's, it's pretty much the top in terms of CONCACAF competition. It's a chance to go test yourself against MLS, Liga MX, Central American opposition and cavalry have made some big signings. I think Diego Gutierrez in the mm-hmm. midfield was one where last year he was one of the best midfielders in the league for Valor just, you know, so some injuries that ended up kind of derailing his season a little bit. But when he was healthy, he had that Valor team ticking. I like that Tob- Tobias Warchuski signing yes. as well up front. It's a, some, some depth scoring addition to add to a front line that didn't really change between Bevan, Moosey, everyone uh, kind of sticking around. Um, so Cavalry was making a, a few tidy signings on that regard. So I think, of course, so it, to, to see how they do in Champions Cup. But I think, with, for the CPL season, I'll give them a huge edge just in terms of depth. 
But otherwise, in terms of that, that CPL season, a few teams are standing out. I think the big one out east is Ottawa. Yes, uh, They've already made some huge moves by getting Matteo de Brienne in from, from Valor. Uh, they ended up getting Chris Tordek this week. Uh, they've been making a few times Lou Tabla coming back, mm-hmm. for, you know, one of the former league MVP candidates. He didn't actually end up winning the award, but one of the candidates, those are some huge signings. They're already a good team last year that just, you know, wasn't able to click the, the way they wanted down the stretch, but you could see the talent on paper while they, they shored up some of the cracks that were in their team uh, this year. And for what it sounds like, they're, they're talking to some very interesting free agents. So they might not be done there either. Uh, and then otherwise, you come out on the West Coast, Vancouver FC has been quietly, they were one of the hottest teams then last year. They were the, mm-hmm. the form team over the last two months. They, they went on a four-game winning streak. They were, you know, beating a lot of teams in the playoff race and kind of scuppering their hopes. Uh, well, they went out and kept a lot of those core guys that they kind of built around year one and identified as key players. And then they went and signed a bunch of local guys. I mean, Ben Fisk, former Cavalry yeah. guy. You know, a tidy signing on the the wings. David Norma Jr., Mm -hmm. a former Cavalry standout as well. He went to Europe and had a decent stint in England and and Ireland. Uh, It's it's great to to see those sorts of signings. Paris G was one of the the top defenders in the CPL last year for my money. Uh, And then they even got a a young 15-year-old Grady McDonald, which based on what we saw last year with Vancouver, giving kids a chance, maybe he'll end up surprising and playing a bigger role than anyone would expect. So maybe Vancouver as well, looking to, to kind of shake things up and push for a playoff spot in year two. Uh, what are they? I know it's, uh, it's, it's still super, he's only 16, but talk to me about TJ Tahid. Like he just, uh, he had uh, went on trial there with Feyenoord uh, just earlier last month. And uh, he, he's, I guess, one that Canada should really be paying attention to. And, and another one that the CPL will throw out to to the masses here and, and in just a few years, I'm, I can assume. Yeah, he's he's been fantastic to watch. I mean, uh, luckily enough, in Vancouver, I was able to see a lot of his first games live as they kind of threw, threw him in. And what impressed me right away is just the composure he has for, for a young kid. Sometimes you can see these guys, they have the talent, but they get thrown in right away. And it's huge. You're All of a sudden, you're playing professionally. You're playing against guys that are living. Some of them have been veterans of Canadian soccer doing it for, for a long time. And just you could see his composure on the ball, his desire to want to just make things happen. And just the general, he doesn't have this fear about him. And it, it's kind of telling that he was able to score his first goal just less than two months into him being a professional in a huge derby game against Pacific. Yeah. He's just starting his way through the box, put it into the corner. It was very impressive. That was a finish you could have picked out from a, six-year vet let alone someone who was 16 <laughs> making his, his inroads so that's that's the biggest thing that i've seen from him and you've seen it now throughout the cpl season we saw it when he went to to the u17 world cup and mm-hmm. played a big role despite canada's uh, you know un- being unable to make it out the group there that's the big thing that that stands out for me you've got the talent a lot of these youngsters these days do but he just he, he knows how to, to use it. He, he wants to drive at defenders. He wants to have the ball. He wants to make things happen. And for a young winger, that can be sometimes the hardest things to, to teach. For sure, yeah. One to watch. Uh, hopefully Canada can keep him locked in. To, I know he can, uh, he can play, I believe he can represent Ghana as well. So I uh, want to keep him at a senior level tied to Canada. And then we'll shift from the CPL over to Canada soccer. Uh, we know it's tumultuous. We know what it's been what's been going on the last year since bowing out the World Cup. But Mauro Biallo extended through the Copa qualifier, which is coming up in March against Trinidad and Tobago. Uh, then they have to search for another new general secret- secretary. 
And then, you know, just, just with the hoping this year, it's a massive year for the men's team. Obviously, you're trying to qualify for Copa America. There's a gold cup as well. But then you're, you're trying to get going towards hosting the, the whole dang thing World Cup in, in a couple of years' time. Uh, what's your read on, on Canada soccer right now as they go through uh, a very uh, rocky road period, I guess? It yeah, could be worse. It's been, been worse. I, I will say this. The team is, con- been, is competitive. That's it. That's the thing. It can be a lot worse, but yeah, certainly there's so much going on where you're hoping for the best. I, you know, and really the the big thing is, yeah, what's going to happen with that men's national team for what it's worth through all this, the women's national team has seemed to find a bit of stability. Bev Prieston was signed to an extension. So there's some continuity uh, on the bench. Uh, so, so on that side, things to, seem to be calm, but yeah, on the men's side, it's, it's a huge question because there's the coaching side especially okay, Mauro Biello, you know, he continue to say, oh, he's a candidate for the full-time job. He gets put in through March, but then you continue to hear there's rumblings for a new coach. Uh, they're looking at a new coach. A lot of it, okay, we want to get the general secretary figured out. The general secretary gets figured out. You're like, okay, maybe they're going to really start looking at the coach dossier. General secretary, you know, resigned day one, personal reason. So, uh, you know, obviously that's completely unexpected and, and something that the, that was out of their control. But then maybe that halts the coaching search that they were waiting for the general secretary. It's just a, a whole question of are are you know are this is Canada soccer putting the men's national team in the best position possible for a huge year? Uh, because if anything, I feel like they got quite lucky off the back of the Jamaica uh, situation, just because mm-hmm. ultimately Canada's still a top team. They ended up getting probably the most favorable matchup of what they could have gotten for this oh, one-off yeah. Copa America qualifier against Trinidad and Tobago. It's one they should win on paper. Plus, by some luck of the draw, they ended up getting a group with Argentina, Peru, <laughs> Chile. Should they make it to Copa America, which for me is a dream scenario because you get a chance to oh, yeah. test yourself against Argentina, the defending world and Copa America champions. Messi in the o- opening game of the tournament, you get two South American teams that you can actually be competitive in mm-hmm. kind of in down cycles. It's a perfect group. And now you're sitting here wondering, might they actually miss out just because uh, it's something where you, you know, based on how things went against Jamaica based on, okay, how, how is this team going to look? It's a one-off game. Anything can happen. Yeah. You're, you're a bit worried. I think it's one ultimately what's nice is that for once, you look at this team and it st- t- still continues to be a very good team. And yeah. we forget that sometimes in all this, that you still got Alfonso Davies. He's not going anywhere. Jonathan David, Kyle Lahren's in form now, finally in Spain after a slow start there, you know, you got some, some guys making some interesting moves. This transfer window, Stefan Stacchio still balling out. I think this is one where all things considered, there's no reason why Canada can't go out and get a comfortable win against Trinidad and Tobago. But as we saw, they uh, were against Jamaica. They were cruising, and it just all fell apart. There's this factor about this team that's lingering where you just can't help but wonder, will they, will things really be okay against TNT? And maybe that's just all the cynic uh, Canadian soccer fans in us. We've seen a lot of disappointment over the years, and it's just kind of creeping back after <laughs> a, a nice run of things. But it's something where you, you kind of have to hope that on paper things pan out as they should. Hey, you, you talked about uh, Kyle Lahren there, and we, we, you know, Alfonso Davies has had a, a very up down year at Bayern Munich. He goes from the bench to scoring. Jonathan David maybe not scoring as 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 crazy amount of goals as he did last year with Lille. Uh, and then there's Alistair Johnson just quietly going about his way at Celtic uh, as well, doing doing good work. Any other names we should be watching 
uh, into this cycle and potentially into the summer that uh, could be more impact impact makers uh, come 2025 and then obviously the, the big time uh, in June of 2026 for the World Cup? Yeah, for sure. There's, a, there's always a bunch to keep an eye on in Europe. I mean, the one who's really taken some big strides as of late is Ismail Kone at yep. Watford. I feel like he's really you know, locked himself down as an every week starter. It's just tough in the championship play. So Toughest many games in the world, I think uh, it's, with the 48 game oh, schedule, yeah. the competitiveness, <laughs> he's, he's become a nailed on starter and he's starting to dominate. That's the thing with Kone's profile. He can really take over games. And there's been a few over the last few months where you just watch him play and he will take over games, which is no easy thing to do uh, in the championship. He's starting to score now, starting to be more confident in his, an offensive ability. He's already a great pass for a great transition player. I think Kone can genuinely be a key piece on this uh, Canadian team. He's already one of the kind of core six or seven guys. So I think uh, Kone could, could really step up in that regard. Uh, there's a few others who've been kind of having some interesting seasons. Liam Miller hasn't always had the chance to get starts and consistent with the national team, but he's really had a very good year in the championship as well with Preston. He made the the late move there and he's been one of their bright spots uh you know throughout throughout the first half of the season lots of goals lots of assists but he's just someone who takes guys on makes things happen and has been doing that and that Preston fans have loved him for that uh, another winger that you know if you want to keep an eye on he made a big move yesterday with Theo Corbianu yes. he's been kind of bouncing all over Europe second Bundesliga he was in the Swiss league he was in the championship EFL league one well now he made a move to La Liga team Granada Looks like he'll play there. If he can get some minutes in La Liga, you have to imagine I'll push him in the conversation for minutes with Canada after missing out on a few camps. Mm-hmm. So, so Corbianu's one to, to keep an eye on. And there's a bunch of interesting youngsters in MLS too that I, I definitely think could push in uh, in as well. Um, also another name in Europe, Jane Nelson. Just don't want to forget him because he had an excellent mm-hmm. season. It was 10-plus assists in his first year uh, with Rosenberg in yes. Denmark, which is a bit of an underrated level just wanted to throw him in uh not to, to forget in the attack but yeah and mls some guys like ali ahmed Mathieu Chouinier, uh you know moise bombido there's some interesting long-term prospects uh, uh nathan saliba who could push have a good year in mls and with how things are going maybe they make it to, to europe with the next year and they join those, those aforementioned youngsters as names to watch. What about a guy like Mo Farsi? Uh, he's a guy that, you know, cavalry grown, and now he's playing, he, he's playing with, uh, with Columbus crew. How, where's he kind of shake out in, in the Canada radar? Yeah, it's a, it's a tough one. Cause I think Canada has definitely shown interest, but for what it's worth, he's kind of keeping his options open. I think the one thing is you look at this Canadian team fullback is their biggest strength. And so him as a right back, he'll probably, have seen, okay, you're going up against uh, Alistair Johnson, Richie Loran, yeah. even in some cases, Tejon Buchanan. That's kind of something like, ooh, that's both a mix of guys that you have to pass now. But, you know, Buchanan, Johnson, those guys aren't going anywhere. Those mm-hmm. are guys that are going to be in this national team for five, ten years. So I think it's something where he's looking, okay, is there potentially an option elsewhere with Algeria? But I think if you're Canada... They should continue to keep knocking at that door, especially if you want to maybe play Buchanan higher up the pitch. Um, there, there's always a room for, room for someone like Mo Farsi. I really like his profile mm-hmm. uh, just as a, as a wing back. He's so good at just, you know, combining with his teammates and making things happen in the final third. And I think even last year at Columbus, he improved a lot of his defensive side of his game. And we've seen it ever since he was at Calvary. Just he, he has this kind of wow factor in the, the final third where he knows how to, 
pick out that that shot, that that final pass. So I think they, hopefully they can keep after Mo Farsi, but from his perspective, I think he's kind of been the one who's been just taking his time because he doesn't want to bite himself into a decision. But ideally, you'd like to maybe see him continue to progress and he ends up being in that mix as the 25 and 26 come around. Yeah, that would be, that'd be really cool to see for sure. Uh, we'll get you out with uh, with one more on the, on the women's team here. Uh, they begin their defense of the Olympic gold this year in Paris. Uh, beginning a, a post Christine Sinclair era, uh, she's going to be back with with her club team in Portland uh, for another year. She'll be joined by another former teammate in Jesse Fleming. But who are some names going forward that uh, fans should be paying attention to uh, come late, uh, later on in July? Yeah, it should be uh, it should be a very interesting tournament, especially Canada. Like you mentioned, the first major tournament without yeah. Christine Sinclair. That's going to be a huge just asked on these players, but I think this is a group that's, that's ready to step up. And it's been interesting to see over the last few months already tactically, they're starting to adjust to that post Christine Sinclair era, playing more of a three, four, two, one now, but more emphasis on, on attacking play, being more dangerous in their buildup, uh, et cetera. So I think a few players to watch within this new system. I think of course, Jesse Fleming, she's for one mm-hmm. feels kind of like the heartbeat of this, this team she's been for a while, but with Sinclair gone, especially She's likely going to wear the, band, the the captain's armband. She's going to be a key player in the midfield. Now that she's gone to Portland, she's going to want to get regular minutes there. Uh, you know, at Chelsea, when she was at her best, she was, you know, a legit uh, player of the year or a globally candidate. So there's that potential there to really dominate your Portland. I think she could have a huge tournament this year. Ashley Lawrence is really tailor-made for this new system they're playing. She has something like four assists in six games ever since they started using it just because playing higher up the pitch has just allowed her to use that uh, elite delivery that she doesn't always get to use when she's playing at fullback and locking down other teams' best wingers, whereas now as a wingback, she kind of gets to do both. Um, So I'm excited to see those two in this new formation. I'm excited to see Chloe Yes, I feel like this could be really her breakout major tournament. She's had flashes and friendlies, but didn't really get to play much at this World Cup. She's a nailed-on starter now. She's scoring and producing for for Arsenal. Uh, she's really seemed to hit her prime, hit her stride. Uh, she's just such a dangerous winger. So I think this really feels like the the summer of, of Chloe Lacasse. Uh, and then you know maybe look at the back. There's some intriguing options as well. That Vanessa Gilles, Kadisha Buchanan, Jade Rose back three is very impressive. Gilles in particular has been dominant for Lyon, one of the best teams in the world, just oh, yeah. scoring goals for fun, but defending keeping there such a solid defensive record. I think Gilles as well is she's a huge reason why they ended up winning that, that gold medal, that partnership with her and Kadisha Buchanan. I think Gilles could, could have a real standout tournament alongside the, the already stacked back three. Uh, it's going to be an exciting run up in the summer for, for the ladies. And then obviously watching uh, the, the, the guys try and qualify for Copa. And as they get their stuff set for, for the World Cup in 2026. Alex, uh, anything else here you want to share working on for, for Northern Football, through, uh, third sub, uh, one soccer, anything you want to plug? I would definitely, uh, you know, continue to, to work on some things for, for Northern Football. Got a big year planned. Uh, been taking some time off just to figure out. So obviously <laughs> lost our, our co-host, Peter Galindo, yeah. who uh, signed for Toronto FC, which yeah, we're incredibly him. proud of that he gets a huge <laughs> opportunity. But obviously we want to, keep that project going uh, for him. And, you know, even though that he's gone, we, he, he's pushed us and we want to keep that going. So a lot of, a lot of big news on that front. And of course, out here out West, got some huge white caps, champions cup games, MLS mm-hmm. games, we've got huge Canadian soccer games. 
honestly, I'm just excited to to be in the midst of it all. And hopefully maybe this summer we'll be at a Copa America or something like that, like that. Right. Yeah. That would be amazing. It's, 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 it's just in our backyard taking place in the United States. That would, that would be awesome to see Canada play against Messi and, and whatnot. That would, that would be so cool. Uh, Alex, thank you so much for taking some time out of your morning. Uh, all the best. Uh, we'll do this again very soon. I'm sure. Awesome. Thank you very much, Patrick. Much appreciated. No problem. There you go. Alexander Gagne Ruzik, uh, web editor from one soccer, also at the third sub and Northern football podcast. Uh, another breaking news from the NHL, uh, busy, busy day. Uh, this one was kind of, uh, expected. Didn't, it felt like this was going to be the week to do you it. You kind of called this one. Yeah. Uh, the LA Kings have fired Todd McClellan. Um, yeah, there's, uh, they have not been good. They've, no. uh, they've kind of fallen uh, on some hard times here. They are, uh, let me bring it up here. They, they're 3-5-2 and two in their last 10, uh, 56 points, sitting in the first wild card spot, just two points up on the Nashville Predators. This was a team that had Stanley Cup aspirations heading into this year. They have obviously not lived up to those uh, those expectations. Um, they, did, they did name a uh, interim. Jim Hiller will be the interim head coach. Uh, for the remainder of the season. So uh, big news out of the LA Kings organization. Uh, Jeff Merrick is going to be all over this. Uh, he's going to be following me. Gord Stellick kicks off the show at 10 o'clock. He'll uh, talk the Monaghan trade to the Winnipeg Jets. It's 2027 conditional picks. So that's way down the line. Uh, 1235 GM of the Calgary Flames, Craig Conroy. What's he going to talk about? What's he going to talk about? He's only on the radio for a third straight day, yeah. uh, breaking down the Lindholm deal. And 11 o'clock, Bruce Brujeau. Uh, Boudreaux, NFL Network analyst, NHL Network analyst, uh, talk about the Kings high, uh, firing of Tom McClellan. And then uh, Savannah Harmon, uh, PWHL Ottawa defender. Uh, she'll recap uh, the uh, three-on-three All-Star showcase from last night. So that's the Jeff Merrick show. That's next. Skills comp tonight. You've got uh, and then the game tomorrow at 1 o'clock. Uh, Hitman on our airwaves tonight. Yeah, They're taking on the, uh, the Edmonton Oil Kings. That'll be on at 7 o'clock. Uh, whatever you do this weekend, enjoy it. Uh, this might be the last nice day. I know there's some snow maybe tomorrow oh, no. and Sunday. I hope not. Don't say that. I know, but uh, get out and enjoy this Friday. Roughnecks also in town taking on the New York Riptide. We got to get out of here. Thanks to GVB for making us sound oh so good. All those interviews from earlier today, uh, Sarah Valley, Brent Cron, Mike Board, Alexander Gagne, Ruzik, they're all going to be up on our Spotify, Google, Apple, wherever you get your podcast. Keep it locked right here. Sportsnet 960, the fan.